wrote that song uh, probably a few years. What happened? Oh, <laughs> never mind. I won't, I won't share that story. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 11. And if you don't mind, I just want to read the last sentence of that verse. The last sentence of that verse. In the New International Version, uh, it says, Go now and leave your life of sin. If you read it in the King James, it says, Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would anoint your word as it goes forth, Lord God. The same way you empowered the stone that David threw at the giant. He threw it with the strength of a little boy, but you accelerated that rock with the strength of God. And I just pray this morning that these words that come from my feebleness, Lord God, that somehow it would impact our lives. Speak to us, transform us, in Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen, amen. If you've ever read this story, it's a story of a woman who was caught in adultery. She was caught in adultery. Uh, in fact, it was a setup. And they brought her before Jesus, and they expected Jesus to uh, give a ruling, to kind of meddle in civil affairs, either to condemn her or to uh, set her free. And, uh, and so you have to read the story. Interesting story, fascinating story. But at the end of this story, when no one was found to condemn her, when no one picked up a stone to kill her, because that was, the, that was the, uh, the punishment for adultery, Jesus turns to the woman after asking her, hey, where you're condemned, nobody's here to condemn you? No, nobody's here to condemn you. Jesus says, neither do I. Go now and leave your life of sin. Like I said, the King James Version simply says, go and sin no more. One of my favorite sayings, I say it at the end of every Bible study, go and sin no more. Right? When I teach classes at APU, at the end of the class, I'll end the class by saying, go and sin no more. And if I forget, the students will kind of hesitate, and then they remind me, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, go and sin no more. Right? And I offer those words as a friendly reminder to make right choices, to do the right thing. Right? And uh, people will generally think light of it. Uh, they'll laugh. Right? But Jesus was dead serious. Jesus was very serious when he spoke these words. He spoke these words to a woman uh, for whom this would be impossible. Sin no more. What do you mean? He spoke these words to a woman that could not do that. I can't do that. This was a woman who was a result of whatever had taken place in her life for years that brought her to this point where she had become unfaithful. And she lived out her unfaithfulness. This woman's sin was one of self-indulgence. And she could not stop. She was unfaithful, caught in the act of adultery. Now, we don't know if she was married or if the man she was caught with was married or both were married. But it wasn't an event Jesus told her to leave. It was a condition. Leave your life of sin. It was a condition he was telling her to leave, a lifestyle, a pattern that had 
ingrained itself in her, in her life and the way she lived. It was like a habit for her. She made bad choices that affected her and somebody else. It affected somebody else's household. This was a problem for her. It was a problem for other people. And obviously it was something she could not seem to stop on her own. It was to that woman, Jesus says, hey, stop sinning. Stop. The men who trapped her knew this. And this is why they chose her. You know, who can we get? We, we can set up this scene to try and trap Jesus, but who can we get that would take the bait? I know who we can get. We can get this woman. When they wanted to find someone whose life choices are both destructive and predictable, you set up this scenario, I, I can assure you this person will fall for it. They chose her. They thought if we create this scenario, she'll fall for it, man. And they were right. She had become the object of people's schemes. People would make plans around her. She was a pawn. She, she was bait in a trap intended to catch Jesus, trying to make decisions for, for the Jewish rulers. They were after Jesus. But how do we get to Jesus? Let's find some foolish person, a person that can't seem to break old habits. Let's find somebody to put as, a, as bait in this trap. And this is the woman. The adultery event is one thing. But in this scenario, not only is there the act, but her compulsiveness, her weakness, made her an unwilling participant in an attempt to trap Jesus and she could not help herself. Jesus come, you know, says some of the, you know, as you read through scriptures, and, and this is what I love. I love it about, you know, just studying for Sundays and uh, when we study on, at Bible studies, Jesus says some of the most amazing and intriguing words in various places throughout the Bible. The, the words that are most incredible out of any voice that have ever spoken in history, Jesus says some of the most intriguing things. And this has got to be one of them. When you just think about these words, go and sin no more. Go now and leave your life of sin. Think about what that means. Think about those words for you. Anyone who thinks long and hard about these words might start asking questions about what they mean. And that's what I began to do. Go and sin no more. Is that possible? Is it possible? Pastor Danny mentioned it a moment ago. He said, man, I've been trying, you know, to live a sinless life. It's, it's impossible. And I would agree, man, that's, that's impossible. But Jesus is telling this woman, go and sin no more. Is it possible at some point in a person's life who has followed a pattern of destructive behavior for years to take full control? of these urges, to put those urges in check, to put the flesh in check in a moment's notice, simply at the command of Christ? Is it possible for a, at, at a, some particular point in my life to change directions simply because Jesus tells me not to do something anymore? Is that possible? When he says to her, go and sin no more, what happens in the mind of that woman? What happens in her spirit? When he speaks these words, does it, does it strengthen her? Does, it, does she respond the way students respond? Or at Bible study, go and sin no more. Ha <laughs> ha, he's always joking, <laughs> right? 
I might be serious. Stop sinning. <laughs> you know, and people might laugh at it. But Jesus is dead serious. What happens in the mind of this woman when she hears these words as she walks away and considers her own circumstances and her own loneliness and the, the issues that she's carried for years of her life? Jesus never says that she was innocent of this circumstance she was caught in or, 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 or that she was wrongly accused. He never admits that. What intrigues me the most is that this woman was guilty. She was guilty of this crime, caught in the act, red-handed. Now, it's one thing to notice what he says to her, but to notice who he says it to. He's saying it to a guilty woman, a woman who is a picture of frailty all her life. Who knows what she had been through? And there's no doubt at this moment she was trembling, stricken with shame, brought into public. They brought her into a church service, dragged her into the temple during service as Jesus was preaching and said, yeah, we just caught this woman. She might have just been wrapped in the sheets from the bed. And for her, they, this must have been this ongoing moral weakness that she couldn't help herself. And perhaps it was a result of a lifetime of, of issues in her life. And even though the man uh, she was with was probably a hundred times guiltier than she was it was her who stood on trial and had to give an account and she stood silent before Jesus and everybody's looking at her and the crowd who staged this thing man this event man they couldn't wait to disgrace her we finally got her yeah the one we knew she would fall for the bait we knew that we could trap her she fell for it man let's disgrace let's bring her into this place and let's force Jesus to make a decision so we can trap him. And she stood there silently. They publicly shamed this woman. They didn't bring her to Christ out of a sense of duty. They didn't bring her there for that or to pray for her or to counsel her or to give her help to send her into a home, right? They wanted to drag her into the spotlight. She, she was a sinner. She was a guilty sinner. This was an exposed sinner. This is what she did. She's humiliated, put on blast in front of everybody in the middle of a service, all her business out on the streets. And what does Jesus say to a person like that? What do you say to a person like that? He simply says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. They wanted to stone her to death. They wanted probably, probably for him to rebuke her. What were you thinking? What were you, how long have you been doing it? Tell me about your childhood. He simply says, go and sin no more. Imagine that. Imagine those words from that place of brokenness, from that place of shame, from that place of guilt. Just go and sin no more. Don't do that anymore. It sounds a little too simple. Jesus, are you letting this woman off the hook? What does that mean? And what does that mean to me? When everyone knows her business and all her dirty laundry is put out in front of everybody, Jesus says, just go and sin no more. From this place, right here where you are right now, just go and sin no more. Just turn in a new direction. 
That's my advice to you. Don't make excuses for yourself. Don't return back to that place where they caught you. I believe Jesus provided power for the offender to change her offensive ways. There was something in those words that elevated this woman, that empowered this woman to make better choices for her life. Man, that, these are some powerful words. That same voice that told Lazarus, come out of the grave. And a dead man, a dead man sits up, gets up and walks out. A dead man. It's impossible for you to do those words. But those words empowered him, enlivened him. The same voice that, that told Peter, hey, step out of the boat. Walk on water, Peter. You can do it. And he stepped over the edge of that boat and he walked on water, maybe for a little while. But he walked on water. I tried it in, in a bathtub one time. I think I got a couple more steps than Peter. I don't know. I don't have any witnesses. You just got to take my word for it. But he did it. He walked upon the water. The same voice that commanded the paraplegic man to get up. He can't get up. But Jesus commanded him. He spoke those words and those words enabled him to stand upon his feet. Right? It's that voice, the same voice that tells a sinner, just stop sinning. And if it can make a dead man get up, a paraplegic man to walk, to pick up his mat and go home, if that voice can cause those things to happen, then when he says, go and sin no more, there's power to follow suit. He tells this woman to change the direction of her life. And he empowers her to make better choices, to have hope in herself, to have hope. And, and it, you find yourself in a situation that seems similar. Man, every time I've been in this situation, every time this time of year comes around, my general pattern is to do this. A, B, and C, to, to falter in this way, to hurt myself, to hurt others, to, to do things that are repetitive and habitual. But somehow these words enabled her to change. That whatever jacket you're wearing, take it off. Go and sin no more. This is good news to those for, who, who for years been stuck in a rut. If you've ever been stuck in a rut, this is good news. Those who had this craving or a habit or this, this pattern in your life that you just can't seem to shake it, you can't break this thing, and Jesus says, hey, just go and sin no more. There's something of life in those words. Jesus said, be free from your life of sin. Leave it. Cut it out. Live your life without it. Go a different way. It, it was a command of possibilities, a command of hope. And this woman never had the opportunity to even confess her sin. In this moment, she could not, did not confess her sin. Even though she was put on blast, she never confessed, never even repented. She never said, I'm sorry for what I've done. It was as if she knew she had no, no defense. No alibi, nothing. You're guilty. You've been caught fully exposed and completely without a rebuke, without any further humiliation. He didn't ask her to explain anything. 
Don't explain. Don't give an account of your childhood to me. You don't have to tell me why. Who was at fault? He simply says, just leave that life of sin. That to me is fascinating. That fascinates me. I want to know Jesus more when I read things like this. You know, I tripped out the first time I heard my wife. We, we have a big dog, and, uh, and, and we've had big dogs for some time. But I, I tripped out the first time I heard my wife tell our dog to put down this huge, big, juicy bone. Still had meat on it and everything. And, she, and Debbie just went in and said, leave it. And the dog put it down and just sat there. And, you know, and I was like, wow. She just walked, she walked over and she picked up the bone. She started, no, she didn't do that. <laughs> and don't be telling her, all right? She didn't do that. She didn't. She went and picked up the bone and the dog just let it go. No growling, no grabbing for it, no whining. She let it go. She obeyed the command, right? And I tripped out. Not, I've had dogs all my life, like all kinds of 20 dogs named Queenie, all of them named Queenie. You know, I don't know what we were thinking. Queenie, except for the last one. The last dog we had was named Puppy Run-A-Lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was a puppy and it ran a lot. But if you can imagine a puppy uncontrolled, just running all over the place, try to take a bone from that dog. It ain't going to happen. It is not gonna happen. It's like asking an adulterer to simply stop. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. There was something about the command. There was something powerful in the command that enabled this woman to even consider that there's a better life for me, that there's something more for me, that I don't have to be stuck in this rut, that I don't have to be you know, predetermined as a failure that there is more to my life than what I have become. There's more to it. And out of all the options that were not available the night before, all of a sudden, there's self-control. All of a sudden, there's willpower. There's restraint. There was something about the command that was enabling. Something powerful. You know, I, I'm amazed at the life that Jesus provides. His words were powerful. His words were life-changing. This is the same meaning of the word church, if you didn't know it. In Greek, ecclesia is translated church, and it means those who are called out. Those who are called out of something. It's a command to leave it. The habits, leave it. Attitudes, leave it. The quick temper, leave it. Right? The, the irresponsibility, leave it. Pride, leave it. Alcohol, procrastination, the pointing finger, road rage, hello, leave it. Selfishness, tell your, tell your neighbor, leave it. Leave it. Leave it good, good boy, good girl. You know, no, don't, don't do that. I don't want anybody to get hit, right? There's no doubt that this woman felt the full weight of her condition because there was no argument. No argument. She was caught. 
But Jesus dismissed her, and he dismissed her with an honest but a hopeful command. Go and sin no more. It's honest because, well, Jesus was aware that she sinned in the past. Stop doing what you've been doing and go forward in your life not doing that anymore. Honest and hopeful. Powerful. Man, hopeful. This is, this is powerful. It's up to you to work out your own salvation. It's up to you. He's given you the room, the space to mature, to grow, to be different. He provided power to change from broken and needy to totally in control of her own destiny. I can do this. I can stand up on my feet. Just go and sin no more. There's something about the command, something powerful about the command, something liberating about the command. So this month, our theme is maturity. Growth and maturity. Maturity is all about what you do in challenging situations, to be a grown-up, right? It's about grown-up choices. It's about grown-up behavior. And like little Caesar said on, on Friday, there was something he said. He says it's not just about young people growing up. He says it's also about older folks growing out of old patterns, old behaviors. You grow up. You, 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 you open your eyes to things. You leave things behind. You leave things at the altar. The Lord, his response to this woman implies, hey, it's time for you to grow up, man. Get out of this pattern. Gain self-control for yourself. Take positive steps for your future. And like this woman, you and I, we've said we're guilty. Caught up in this inescapable pattern. We've been in a pattern of self-destruction for years. Bad thoughts bad behavior. We've done the same thing. We, we've even th uh, thought our deeds deserve death, just like her deeds deserve death. And they do. They do. But Jesus says the same thing to you and to me that he says to her. Just leave the sin. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Now close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think about, with your eyes closed, stop peeking, just think about that thing, the biggest thing, the most challenging thing in your life. What is that thing? I want you to think about it and, and picture Jesus just standing right in front of you. And he's thinking about that thing also. What does he say to you? What does he say to you other than to leave it, to come to him? to leave it. You don't need that. You can live without that thing. Go and leave your life of sin. It hinders you. In many ways, it hurts you. If you're a Christian this morning, you can open your eyes again. If you're a Christian, come out of darkness. Come out of the past. Come out of loneliness or sadness. Come out of your hurt. It's okay. You can, you can leave it. His words to you this morning is to go and sin no more. You can make better choices, whether you think so or not. This woman, the night before, she, there was, I mean, there was, there was, no, there was only one direction in her, in her life and in her walk. You, you create a scenario, she was bound to fulfill it. 
She, she, was, she could not, she had no other alternatives the night before. But these words created a world of opportunity. I can be somebody. I can do something. You can make better choices. You can pursue new directions. You don't have to be stuck in the pattern, stuck in the past. Be free from your life of sin. Go and sin no more. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Psalm 85, verse 8 says, I will listen to what the Lord, the God, the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints. But let them not return to folly. Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will freely pardon. Father God, this morning, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for these words. This is our power in evangelism. This is our power in prayer. That you spoke some words of liberation. That you spoke words of hope. This is what we carry with us among our families, in the streets, to the worst offenders of righteousness, that you pardon, that you empower to leave a life of sin to a woman who was not able, just as a dead man is not able to heed the command except for the command of a savior. I pray, Father God, this morning that these words that you spoke to this nameless woman be spoken once again right here at this altar, right here in this sanctuary to go and to leave a life of sin that whatever hang-ups, whatever habits, whatever addictions, whatever problems, whatever burdens, whatever fears, whatever trials, challenges, hurts, memories, whatever it may be, that we can leave those things and live a hopeful tomorrow. We thank you this morning, Father God, for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for this newfound power. There's hope this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If the Lord has spoken to you, why don't you come? Why don't you come to the altar? Come as a sign of leaving everything behind. Come as a sign of dropping, of leaving, of cutting loose. Come and surrender those things to him this morning. Just leave it all behind. Leave it here at the altar. Just leave it. Give it to God. Express it in your words. Express it in your tears. Give it over to the Lord this morning because he loves you. He's made a way for you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you 
thirst for a drink from the well, Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior, isn't he Oh! 